Hey guys, Dylan Hartley here with another episode of the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. The Guinness Six Nations might be over, but the Women's Six Nations gets going this weekend, so we're heading into camp with the Red Roses to follow their journey over the next few weeks. Kicking things off, I'm chatting to England forwards Poppy Cleo and Hannah Bosserman, the besties also known as Pops and Bots. All right, we're good to go. Poppy Cleo, Hannah Bosserman, thank you for joining me. Uh, can I call you Pops and Bots? You most may. definitely, most absolutely. Definitely. I mean, I haven't reinvented the world there. I'm sure you're called Pops and Bots anyway, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. So you're back in back in camp now. Uh, whenever I see anything on you girls, you're always smiling, you're always having a good time. How good is it to be back with England? No, it's really good. Obviously, with the, with the Alliance Premiers happening at the moment, Premier 15 is happening at the moment, we're playing against the girls week in, week out, but it's just not the same when you get to meet up with them, talk different things. Um, you know, training on the field is amazing with the squad that um, we've got here. And it's just like, it's just great to be together finally after like so many months. Bots, what about you? Best thing about being back? Honestly. Yeah, I mean, I've only just come back, well, this week, last week. Just because of injury, but yeah, it's it's nice to be it's nice to be back in and amongst it sort of thing. Obviously, we we've been so used to sort of like aloneness, basically, haven't we? For well, so many people have. So it's 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 real nice. It's real privilege to be able to sort of come in, be able to still do what what we do, sort of thing. Aloneness. I don't even. Aloneness. Is that even Sorry, that worth? sounded very solemn. Very, very yeah. solemn. So, so in terms of being back with the squad, it's obviously good, get to rebuild or work on relationships, enjoy your downtime. What are you guys doing away from the, the rugby field? Bots? Talking about rugby. No, that's, all, that's all Poppy does, talks about rugby. We get home, we talk about rugby, we watch rugby. To be fair, we don't like, we play, we play a, a heck of a lot of like war zone. It's pretty much all that we do at the moment. There's nothing else to do. Can't go to the pub. That's that question when any, anyone goes, what's your hobbies? And you go, oh, uh, don't have any. The gulag, mate. That's the hobby. The gulag. Yeah. <laughs> the gulag. Excuse yeah. me. What? What is the gulag? Basically, when you die, which is a lot on a war lot. zone, you go to one-on-one fight. If you win it, you get you go back. If you lose it, you're gone. Okay, so I'm going to be really transparent and honest here. I'm learning about your guys' game. Obviously, it's the same game, but I'm learning about all the personalities. I'm learning. Uh, you obviously got a bit of a different uh, format this tournament coming. And what I've learned already is that you're as bad as the boys. You, you, you're boring. You've got no hobbies. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you're gamers. Yeah. You've got about five seconds to try and make up a hobby in your head and you literally can't. So you're like, yeah. uh, play Xbox. Okay, so impress right. me. Away from gaming, what has been done to drive team bonding? Is there someone that's at the centre of that, that's really trying to grab hold of it and bring everyone together? There is. There is actually. Sarah McKenna, she's insane with like the whole organizing covid games and things that we can play um without breaking any rules and she she's a dab hand with photoshop so you know Very there's a couple of po- yeah there's a couple of posters that get photos around the place that come out and they're, they're pretty amusing and um she's just so good at that and and organizing things she's pretty good so um g- give me an example of what's been happening in terms of tournaments driving that kind of togetherness uh just give me one or two things what's the best thing you've done so far we had American football like competition between the groups who could put together like a play and launch the ball the furthest. That's pretty much as as far as it got. And then we had a penalty shootout. We obviously had the classic med ball volleyball. Um, oh, that I hated that. Yeah, that you, puts you, you back out. It's the joints, isn't it? You go for a big one, a little smack, and then if you don't get it right, that's your elbow. Yeah, elbow's hyperextended. It's gone. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not about that. I like the idea of a pin of shootout and uh, American football. Who, who's got the best arm? Gaz came out. 
obviously Scouse is good at everything. Oh, Scouse is good at everything. Yeah. Sounds one, annoying. One, literally yeah. one shot, one kill, smashed it. The rest of the competition was everyone trying to chase Scars, and then with the last throw, Amy Cocaine pipped her. So Amy Cocaine is ridiculous, though. I've never yeah. seen someone just and it yeah. just goes and goes. And yeah, the goes. shape on it as well, like yeah, it's just nuts. It's just nuts. It was pretty tight spiral. Lovely. Yeah. So you both, um, it's obviously Red Rose haven't played since November. Bots, you've just come back from injury. Very good timing yeah. for for you. Week yeah. before camp, convenient. Yeah. Timed it well. <laughs> how how are you feeling about that first game against Scotland? Because it's not your your ordinary kind of Six Nations and I know from a men's point of view and if you look at performances you almost kind of build into the tournament you can kind of get over that first hurdle second hurdle how are you feeling about that is it does that add pressure Poppy oh, you love rugby yeah, on. Poppy Poppy's good at answering these questions all right bots you answer it then <laughs> um for us a lot of the time we tend obviously you focus somewhat on on the other team but for us I think we just try and build on performance. So that that first performance out in Scotland, we obviously want to want to put our best p- performance out there. And then, like you said, it gives you for the next week gives you something to work off of. So yeah, I think just we've got to go out there, give, give our best performance against Scotland, get the ground running, and then we can have a look at, at what needs improving and where needs improving, and go into that into that Italy game. Because I mean, we obviously we haven't got five games like usual. We've got we've got two, and then if we win those two, we get we get a final at home. So yeah, we've just, we've got to get through those two first, obviously, and then hopefully play in the final. So uh, talking to Meds the other day, I uh, told me about PPP and how you just kind of cranked everything up in what you do in terms of intensity. Have you kind of treated this block pre-Scotland as get every bit of physical, tactical, kind of technical, um, every minute of the session, are you, you guys kind of smashing into it? Yeah, it's been pretty intense since um, post-Christmas. So it's just been like a kind of bizarre couple of weeks because, you know, three, four weeks ago we were preparing for New Zealand and the Six Nations was a part of that and they the coaches had like planned to do to play certain games. And But the one thing that we've done every week is literally smash each other yes, in smash, camp with 15-15, the long game. You know, you know, you crawl home on the end of the um, Wednesday afternoon, get back in bed and fall asleep. Like you, you literally go to places that... You get to rank the session one to five and it's always been five, five, five sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it's been pretty intense on the pitch. I think actually it's going to be good to, to play a game with the girls and um, actually get, not against them. get on the pitch. Yeah, yeah not so, against them. <laughs> so both, both of you obviously been t- type five and but especially for you up front, obviously the the Premier 15s is adapted rules. You haven't been able to scrummage and obviously you haven't been playing anyway because you're injured, but Poppy not been able to scrummage. Have you been scrummaging every day of the week, like this week in preparation for Scotland? Or, you know, how do you prepare for that? Because for, for me, like you've got to be battle hardened, like scrummaging. You can't just go into a test match and expect to scrummage, especially, I mean, you can probably get away with doing it not on the week, but how many months off have you had? You've had three, four months off scrummaging. So how, how do you prepare for that? Yeah, the girls have been scrummaging in camp. They like meet up early before the rest of us get in and do um, front row specific stuff and work really hard. So like my twin sister Bryony, she's a uh, she's a prop and she's in all the sessions as well. And she always moans that there's too many. So I think they're getting <laughs> definitely their fair share in there. And you know we've been meeting up um, Monday and Tuesday every week since just after Christmas. So um, they've been getting in their scrum scrum works and sessions that we're doing. We're going full eight on eight. So. I'm not sure they're undercooked and, and they're pretty raring to go. Yeah. I found 
you know, traditionally we used to scrummage like once a week on a Tuesday, you know, hit the, hit the machine. And then like we started doing live and then Eddie kind of came in and went like, we're going to scrummage every day because we're English and we love scrummaging. Yeah. And every, it was kind of met with a bit like, we can't do that. Yeah. But all of a sudden you become conditioned to tolerate that sort of load. And we were scrummaging. We're doing like live setups and hits the day before a game, but your, your captain's run and stuff like that. Hi, I'm Emily Scarrett, and you're listening to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. Moving on a bit, let's talk about your friendship. I understand that you guys are known as a bit of a double act. How and when did your special, special friendship start? Special, I try and distance myself from her, so I don't know how <laughs> you think that we've heard that we're coming up. Okay, Poppy, you sound like the sensible one, so I'm going to mute you for a second. Bots, how did the special... <laughs> Um, the special, special friendship started when Poppy's roommate retired, Rochelle Clark. Uh, so Poppy didn't have a roommate. My roommate didn't want me anymore. Zoe Harrison didn't want me anymore because I snored. And then, yeah, I asked Poppy if she wanted to room together. Since then, the special, special friendship has formed. And now we live together. We first Us. bonded over our, um, what snacks we brought into camp and, yeah. and what beverages. Food, that was the first. usually. Food. Yeah. I didn't snack at all in camp because I was getting fat tested every couple of days. Um, <laughs> you know, my, my parameters were very strict. So, yeah, I was strictly kind of Caesar salad on the room service menu. Courtney Law's a full sticky toffee pudding, eat whatever he wanted. Um, what about your little series on Instagram? Bots and Pops does. Um, yeah. When's Netflix coming through? Have, have they been on the phone? No one's, yeah, no. no one's contacted us yet, have they? No one's been in touch. No, but we need to, you know, up the production. It was a little yeah, bit budget and a little bit, it was very budget yeah there's a few things we can do but it was an entertaining series and i finally enjoyed myself yeah what what was it born out of because i reckon the men's game really struggles with this personalities let's get to know the person behind the rose behind the shirt the whole kind of media persona that you see with a lot of the guys i think it's brilliant when you get an alice genge that shows who he is and he's not afraid to be himself. Like James Haskell, I played with for a very long time. Yeah, He was kind of shackled by so many managers. And then Eddie freed him up to just be the court jester that he is. And his rugby actually went to the next level as well. So what? why did you, why did you start your little series? Where, where was that born from? Lockdown, was, wasn't it? Lo- yeah, lockdown yeah. to start with. And, you know, um, we wanted to kind of interact and talk to a couple like some fans on online and someone suggested it so we're like oh let's do it like obviously we just took questions was the first one I think like a question and answer like people sending questions and we literally just answered them sat there talking to people and then it kind of evolved from there like more and more people messaging saying oh can you do this can you do that and we agreed (laughs) any suggestion I think we just did it yeah we just did we did we did do a lot of stuff I mean there were some suggestions that were definitely um questionable that we definitely couldn't do well, we can't mention but, those here right no can't mention them um okay. but yeah no we we started like the i think people love the food challenges we did like a hairdressing one what else did we do we did like makeup hot dog eating contest yeah hot dog eating we did like a i was never getting me out of here like bush tucker trial did all sorts i was gonna say my brief little bit of research, food seemed to feature heavily. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Would you say yeah. that's the foundation of your friendship? Chicken wings is the foundation yeah. of mine and Poppy's friendship. We, we've also got a secret Instagram as well. Yeah. <laughs> we do. We do. <laughs> we do. I completely forgot about that. Do you know what ASMR is? ASMR. Yeah. 
No, I'm 35 tomorrow. I'm not down with the kids. <laughs> well, you you need to go and Google it, and then I don't even know what, what does it stand for, Pop. It's like auto. Oh, I don't know. Then either way, way, that started in America, actually, didn't it? That with some yeah, that's from foreign America. Okay, can, can, okay. So you've got a secret Instagram. Um, yeah, it's not so much a secret now because I reckon if oh, I went on both you of your accounts, people searching for it now. Yeah, but yeah. what's the purpose of a secret Instagram? Well, we were just, you know, testing out a couple of videos before we made our YouTube channel. Trolling people, yeah. It's we thought that we get trolled, though. That's why it's private. The food we were eating, I don't think um, our nutritionist would have been too happy, which is probably yeah. the main reason why, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, let's move on. So you, you both seem like um, you, you're both big balls of energy. You obviously just can't be set around. Do you guys feel like you've always got to be doing something? Uh, do you ever just chill out or are you always kind of, uh, goading each other to, you know, entertain yourselves. I like the word goading rather than bullying yeah. each other. <laughs> I don't even... No, it's, it's called like no. loading the bullets. I used to do it with, you know, people like Chris Ashton and you just load the bullet and then they fire away. Let them go. No, um, we're, no, we can do like have our own downtime and stuff. And I'm kind of like, obviously we're stuck in our rooms, aren't we a bit right now? Sometimes it's quite nice. Yeah, I don't, don't really mind it too much. I don't really mind it. And chill out, but. When we're together, when like we're around our friends and we've got you know the other other girls here, so like Abby Ward and um, Sarah Byrne and stuff, it's not necessarily that we like need to be jumping off each other. We just have we're just really good friends and we have a good time. Like if we weren't at rugby, we'd also want to be like hanging out. It's not force. It's not anything like that. It's just you've got a common interest of them, and then all of a sudden you've become really good friends over over the years playing. Um, kind of going to places that you you know it's difficult to go to and go to dark places and you kind of build this friendship and these bonds up 100 percent obviously makes you um play better and, and tighter on the field doesn't it right um how would you describe hannah in three words oh my goodness um how do i describe hannah um okay three words bold brave I hope the next one's going to be beautiful. I hope to <laughs> God the next one is beautiful. No, you can. No, I can't. No, all I can oh, say big. Like, there, you say big. <laughs> <laughs> and and I was going to say talented. Like she's just talented. Oh, like all round. So nice. It's the nicest thing she's she ever got, said to me. She got one million um, views on TikTok singing, so she's a good singer as well. All right, bots. There's uh, there's time for that later in the the thing, uh, the pod, the the thing, the thing I do. Just <laughs> this thing, whatever this is. Times a week, this pod <laughs> that kind of keeps the wolf from the door. Thank you, O2 and England Rugby. Um, bots. What about you? Three words to describe your good mate, Pops. She, clever. Not. I'm not saying she's academically clever. Not that she's academically stupid, but she's very. She's the smartest rugby player I've ever met in my life. She knows so much about it. Like so much about it. You're funny and you're very loyal. I'll give you that. Wow. Funny, loyal and clever. Clever. Is that um, a polite way of saying a bit of a rugby nose as well, maybe? Yeah, an absolute rugby nose. Okay, that's good. Proper. Right, I'm not going to ask you guys about how you got into rugby because you've obviously been on the pod before and you've talked about that. But I'm interested in the lives that you had before you became pro, obviously. Uh, Poppy, you're a prison officer. Amongst so yeah. stories. Other I'm things. Sit for hours. There's so many of them. Poppy, I want to know what what was the best job yeah. that you did pre pre rugby. Oh, the best job I had pre rugby. I probably worked for a charity. Like just after I left the prison, I worked for a charity called Catch Twenty Two, and that was really good because they were really supportive of me. And then I felt like I could give the most 
and the best back to them, if that makes sense. Because before, when you're trying to balance rugby and your career, kind of don't get on. I got a couple of, um, you know, final written warnings to put calling a six. So I could play at the weekend and things like this. So when I found an employer that was supportive and then you feel like you can give the, back, um, the most and the best back to them, you know, you know, when you're balancing stuff, you can't always give 100% to each. But when they supported me, I could give 100% to everything. I mean, that's lovely to, to hear from Catch-22, but does it sound quite as interesting as what prison time no, might have been quite. like? Have you got any not sort quite. of um, outstanding memories from working in prison? Did you ever have to kind of get physical and drop the shoulder? And Yeah, a couple of rugby tackles here and there. I was a hero for two weeks when I had to chase chase someone down the corridor and rugby tackle them and everyone was watching. So I became, you know, a hero overnight and that was pretty cool. Didn't last long, but alas, um, it was worth it. You know, a couple of ducking out of chairs, just everything and anything. Put my tooth through my, li- um, through my lip in one incident, like anything you could think of it happened. What, what was harder, head on a swivel working in prison or international against France or the Black Ferns? Prison. Prison, 100%. Do you, do you reckon it conditioned you ready for PPP training? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I remember it, coming out of the prison and just thinking about what's just happened, and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" A couple of times I'd get into situations which you obviously they're kind of blindsided, you're not expecting. Halfway through the situation, and you, have you ever had this where your leg just starts shaking, like involuntary, your leg just starts shaking? And I was like, "Oh my goodness!" And like you can't do anything about it. It actually happened to me at the weekend when I was doing commentary for the first time. My leg just started shaking. <laughs> it's, it's adrenaline, right? Yeah, I think it is adrenaline, but yeah, that's never happened um, to me before. And yeah, but you come out of it in prison, you look back. And so the people like working there now and all work through the pandemic, like hats off to them. It's a it's a tough place and it's it's unrelenting. There's no like day off in there. So, um, so yeah, anyone working in there. I was going to say, like, how hard is that to, to juggle that sort of, I mean, juggling any job and trying to, to play rugby to your high, the highest level like you mentioned with the catch 22 thing having an understanding employer which is brilliant but a job that your adrenaline's kicking in every day and you've got chairs swinging in you're tackling people you're getting your tooth put through your lip that how, how do you mentally you know juggle that as well was it was it hard is that what ultimately why you left yeah it was it was so tricky and it was you'd come go to work after after a game and you can't really walk and you're aching all over and they're expecting the same of you as in any other day and it was just so so hard like you know when you can't walk upstairs or walk downstairs because like the dom hit you just played france a day before um away in france traveled back that day got to go to work the next day you can hardly walk and they're still expecting the same of you and and no one else is having a day off because they're like oh it's all right miss Cleo, miss Cleo can't walk up the stairs let's not let's not make her run round today sort of thing it's all action station for them and yeah it, it it was so difficult. Box, you were a painting decorator. P and D. On the Monday, she could hardly paint walls. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that at one point I was working the day doing painting decorating, and then I was working at the harvester. Yeah, it 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 did wreck me. Like it gave me some pretty bad shoulder issues that obviously magically disappeared when I stopped painting decorating and started doing this full time. So um so yeah it was pretty tough especially doing something that's like um like a physical job like laboring and stuff um coming home like getting up real early going to that coming back and then having to gym or train in the evening is pretty pretty savage on it quite strange that painting gave you bad shoulders but scrumming internationally doesn't <laughs> well so do i but yeah you spend a lot of time overhead yeah. doing like ceilings yeah just a lot of that a lot of like rolling walls and stuff I think my question to, to both of you is, 
Did you enjoy working and playing rugby or was the dream to always think one day I just wish I could be full-time? Like imagine if women's rugby goes full-time and I'll be a professional. And now that you're here, this is kind of like a two-part question. The second part is, do you miss working? Do you miss having that that work-life balance? Absolutely not. I do not miss working. I do not miss working. I don't know about you, Pop, but like, I. to be fair, I never when I was younger or even when I was like 16, 17, or even before the contract came out, never thought it was going to, never thought it was an option for me. Um, And I think that would have, if I had known that it was an option or if that was a possibility, I think the years between like 16 and 18 would have been very different years for me. But yeah, I think now is like for girls knowing that, that it could be them in three or four years time. It's a a career path, right? Yeah. A hundred percent. And like, that's not something that I ever thought that was, was an option. Um, until it literally came along. But yeah, I do not miss working. Don't know about you, Pop. Yeah, Poppy, what, what about you? Because obviously um, you, you've been around the game because oh, you, you're older. Been around the block, mate, a couple yeah, of I, times. I'm trying to girl. find a, a polite way of saying it. Yeah. You, you're 28 years old. You've been professional. How long now? Two yeah, years? Was, Two years. Well, it's the first lot in 2017 and then again, yeah. they gave We had contracts in 2017 and then we had to go back to work and then we got contracts again. So it's like being two different... Okay, so sense. I think the question for you then, Pops, did you always dream of being being able to be full-time professional and be able to leave work behind? Always dreamt of being a full-time professional rugby player. Didn't think it would ever happen. I remember Matt, the first time we, the contracts came out, Matt Ferguson was our forwards coach then. He said to me and a couple of the girls, I've got one contract left and it's between you three. And I still thought then, I was like, no, nah, not happening, not happening, not getting it. He, he took me for a walk around the field and went, I'm going to give you the contract. And I, I thought, yes. I was like, oh my God, straight off my phone to my mum. You can imagine, like, so exciting. And then I messaged one of the girls. I was like, oh my God, so sorry. Like, you haven't got the contract. She's like, what are you on about? I'm sorry for you. You haven't got it. I got it. <laughs> and he just like played with us and messed with us and gave it and gave them all to us. So we were like, oh no. But yeah, we were so excited about um, like becoming full-time athletes. And it's just a privilege to be in this sort of situation. And I do not miss work. And, you know, I'm trying not to think about when I retire and I have to go back to finding something (laughs) something to do. Oh, God. Hi, I'm Courtney, England Lock, here to remind you to leave us a rating and a review at the end of the podcast. Cheers. I I, I talked to Mids and he just said that the, the volume, the depth and the quality of players that he's now got to choose from is, is increased massively. Where has that come from? I personally believe it's probably from the AP15s and just the, the quality that it is. If you look at it three, three years ago, it's nowhere near the, like, the quality of the games that are happening right now. And, and they've been more, they've been elevated a bit more, so they're a bit more tactical. You know, there's a kicking game involved, um, you know, people having to, to stick to processes and plans rather than just, you know, three years ago, it's off the cuff. It's go out there, play rugby, sit the, sit the ball up your jumper and, you know, run over the person opposite you. It's, it's a little bit di- different now. We've got, internationals flying from all over the globe just to come play um in our league and it's probably the best women's league league in the world and it's happening in, in England. Um and what about just being able to be full time in terms of developing your talent? Like if you looked at yourself pre full time contract to now, have you seen massive gains being able to commit yourself fully to it? Yeah, definitely. I uh, mean, where? What what what's the sort of biggest I'd say for me, it was physically. Previous to having the contract, I was a big girl. 
Like, <laughs> you you said breakfast and then go have another one. If she was working P&D, she's probably down Griggs. That was the old you. That was the old Yeah, you. it was Come the on. old me. I just, I used to eat a hell of a lot. <laughs> <laughs> a lot and like i used to tell people like McDon- my mcdonald's order like after a night out when i was like 17 and they were like what the hell like how are you how are you consuming that and that was a hefty order that was probably the most expensive thing for me on a night out yeah i think for me physically it enabled me to focus a lot like nutrition wise gym wise and yeah like lost a lost a decent amount of weight i managed to put it all back on now don't know whether it's muscle or fat but we'll see <laughs> but i think for like for you going professional help because now it's your job and they can turn around and literally say you've not done this you've not done that whereas yeah. before when you're you know you're not you've got another job you, and you've got to think about how to get food yeah. and there's always an excuse yeah like i've got work i've got this i've had that i've had yeah. that you know when they can sit you down at the end of a tournament and go why did you not do this? And you've got literally nothing to fall back on because you are in that environment that you are full time. Yeah. I mean, also like recovery, we could never take it as seriously as what we should, what we should have done because like Poppy said, she's got to go and tackle some, some prisoners the next day after she's not getting red light therapy or or going in a hot yoga pod after, is she? Do you know what I mean? Like she's, she's having to, to go to work the next day. So like, it's very different now in terms of us having like a full day to focus solely on recovery and that then allows us to perform better during the week so we're not like going into training tired or going into training like battered we've been able to do as much as possible to to help us recover and get into the best place to go into training so so it's almost born out of expectation now because you're you're paid to do it you need to do it what what about resource and and kind of education like you talk about your diet you know, there's training every day, so you lose weight, but then there's understanding and, and teaching and coaching and education around what you should be eating, how you should be recovering. Um, would you say that's played a massive factor in it as well? We've like always the, had that. The understanding, you've always had that. Yeah. I didn't get it till I was about 29, 30 years old. It didn't, like the penny didn't drop. Yeah. Like it always been there, but I'd never tapped it. In one ear and out the other. Basically, I, I thought <laughs> I knew what I was doing, but it wasn't until... I kind of needed to do it. There was a, a greater expectation. I probably tapped in and started asking the questions. Like they're always there. Like SNC is always there. Here's your yeah. program. Just do your program. But it wasn't until I was like way older in my career when I could probably see the end of it. I started asking questions and trying to build my own program, build my own recovery, invest in my nutrition. Whereas I think bots is probably a good quick little life lesson for you. Don't wait till you're, you're too old to start. Yeah, doing yeah, yeah. It. You know, I kind of think if I had just been like that when I was 21, you know, maybe I could have played so much better and so much longer. But you said when you first got capped, you didn't feel it was entirely on merit. And you know what? Talking to a lot of the boys, um, and this happened to me when I first toured with England in 2008 to New Zealand, I went as the third choice hooker and I was really excited. But then when I got there, it felt like imposter syndrome and I didn't play a game. And I was so kind of happy I didn't play because I didn't think I was ready. I got to that level and I saw what was needed. And I basically went away and got to work. And every other kind of the guys I've talked to, they kind of tour with the team and they don't play. They've said the same thing. Like you think you're good enough and then you get there and you see the level. After what I've read, this happened to you, right? Yeah, so... I'd basically, I'd taken a year out of rugby. This was when I was like, I'd, I'd let myself go. I was like a 17-year-old that did what 17-year-olds do. Just like 
binned off rugby completely. And then like did some like social sevens and then the coach for Sarah's at the time was like, come down, do some training. And then the next thing, you know, I was, I was like on the bench for, for the first game of the season. And I remember Packer and Poppy saying to me, or not, not saying to me, but probably saying to each other when I came running on the pitch, who the f- is this? She is massive. She's out of shape. She's tragic, right? Like this. Oh, you heard that? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I heard, I heard that. No, but like, oh, I'm sure it wasn't that that severe. Well, it might have been that severe, but like, I was so I played like half a season. I was lucky that that game I came on and actually did all right, and we ended up winning. We were losing to Waterloo at the first game of the season. It wasn't 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 ideal. Yeah, so kind of went through the season and was like playing well, but was dramatically out of shape, like tragically. It was really bad. And then, yeah, got like a phone call from Fergie one day and he was like, all my tight heads have just dusted themselves. They're gone. I need you to come in. And I was like, okay, like 100%. I would never turn that down. But yeah, he, there was there was no, we had like a replacement, probably like loose head hooker cover that like covers anything, was playing tight head. And then I was on the bench. So like there was no one. So I wasn't there because I was the best tight head in the league or that I was the best tight head in the country I was there because they'd all like broken themselves and there was no one else to do it did that give you kind of like that that carrot and stick in one go yeah yeah 100% so I turned up there the the first my first cap I got 11 minutes and it wasn't like it was bad but it wasn't too bad my second cap I got 35 minutes and there was 10 minutes to go and I remember I was getting ready to scrum down at this point I probably in my whole entire career had had like seven games at prop like played centre before, they chucked me in at prop to in in the prem. Was playing prop fine, and I just I just remember thinking, oh my god, like I actually think I'm going to die. And I remember turning around to Tam Taylor and just going, mate, I like I'm not okay. And she was like, just hang on, there's ten minutes left. And I was like, ten minutes? I was like, there's ten minutes left. I can't. I'm do glad it. you didn't turn to me and say that because I'd have been like, just get a yellow, mate. Just get. Yeah. <laughs> Poppy, the only come, way out. It's the only way out. Yeah, Poppy, you come was... across as one of those really straight-talking, honest people that might be a bit hard to hear, but the, the truth sometimes what people need to hear. Oh no, that's Thanks. that's exactly what that's exactly, exactly what I needed to hear. <laughs> Get yellow, but um, yeah, it was it was tragic. That was really bad. And at that point, after that camp, actually, I remember that it, I played the first two, didn't play the third because I think one of their tight ends came back. And it, we were playing after a men's game and I'd never been to Twickenham before, as in to play. I remember walking out and this stadium's like full, like, because the men have just finished. And I remember him saying to me, sort yourself out and like, you'll be here in a couple of years. Like, no, like no stress sort of thing. And I just like, remember like taking it all in and I was like, oh my God, like, this is insane. Like, this is incredible. And then, yeah, that's when the kick up the arse sort of came and I, ended up losing a hell of a lot of weight and got into into some decent nick. And then the next year in the autumns got selected because, well... You I, were good. Assume, you were the best. Yeah, you were good. Because I, you. <laughs> you were I was, very good. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, my first two caps, obviously insane that I got them and incredible that I got them so young as well, like insane. But my first proper cap will be... would. I will deem as like my third my third cap that I got in Doncaster, I think it was, against Canada. You're back to Donny. I played a few games up at Donny from under-19s. Poppy, you've obviously been around the block a, a bit more. 
Yeah. You're laughing when I say that. 28 times. Yeah, you keep, you keep saying it. <laughs> well, it, it's because you guys are young. just, you're just at different uh, ends of I, the, the decade. I get young friends, so I look a little bit younger and I yeah, can find like... Well, I, yeah, I, I seem to have found myself being friends with all the 30-year-olds. I don't know when how people, I've done that. Yeah, because we all hold on to youth. You make us younger. <laughs> Everyone keeps asking me how old you are. I keep trying to pretend I'm 26. <laughs> no, you, you're good as gold, don't you worry. You're in, you're in your prime. You're hitting into your prime. But like, you obviously, the, the same sort of question to you, or, you know, did you believe in yourself that you, you had enough to kind of cut it there? Or did you have to reinvent yourself, work harder, push further? I think like the similarity between like mine and Bots' story. So they saw sort of um, potential in me and I definitely wasn't anywhere near like an international rugby player. So when I first got my first cap, I remember like at the end of it, seeing stars, it was just so intense, so quick, um, so much more quicker than any game I've ever played in came off. And I was like, it was just a whirlwind that first cap, but then, you know, Italy away was my second cap. The second row broke her nose in the first two minutes and they made me go warm up. And I just said, please, I just little prayer. I was like, please, no, don't put me on. Please don't. I will not make it. Luckily she got, you know, couple of things stuff up there and and carried on and i was all right well, probably, like, can, I, can i ask you a personal question are you religious am i religious yeah no i'm not religious. it's funny so. how we, we find um god in these moments when you really don't want to say <laughs> like, please, Maybe please. i should be religious because he definitely <laughs> answered my prayer that day he definitely answered but yeah and then the more you get you get into those situations and exposed to that sort of level of playing the more you start feeling at home and feeling better and I'm always in awe of anybody that like makes a huge impression on their first second third cap because you know for me it took to about like 10 to even feel like I could keep up with everyone so you know if someone's making the impact from the off like I'm always like fair play that's good going I just want to ask did you ever doubt yourself because you're, you're quietly yeah, confident you're like I've got a foot in the door I just need you know but you've always got that other little birdie on this shoulder yeah, so we got. I think I got dropped. I got sat down by Fergie the third game of the Six Nations. We we're about to go play Ireland away, and he was like, "I'm not picking you this week." Like, so this is my first like taste of going to camp, but then not going to travel with the girls, like staying at home on my own. Um, he was like, "Your defence wasn't good enough last week. You're not coming." And I was like, "That's the last time I'm ever going to play for England." Like, I got my two caps. Like, I was at the time like okay, two caps ain't too bad, it's better than one sort of thing. But yeah, you, you go away from those moments and you're like, you realise then what it means to you and how much how much you just want to be out there. And then when you, it's like watching it at the weekend and watching the girls go out there and, and absolutely smash it, you're like, that's where I want to be and that's where I want to go. So you, you do doubt yourself, but you also gives you kind of that motivation, doesn't it? Yeah, 100% agree with you. Um, I want to talk about role models for you guys. Um, Poppy, your dad obviously took you along to a lot of games growing up. Am I right in saying that you had all the autographs of the players? Yeah, absolutely. Like I still got the little red book, the little red autograph book. All the obviously female players. He went straight down to any England fixture in England and shoved me onto the pitch, made me run round and, and and get all their autographs. Did, did you end up playing with anyone that you had autographs from? Yeah, I did actually. Um, Amy Garnett at Sarries. So that was pretty cool. See the first English woman to get over a hundred caps. So it was pretty insane. And then I got to play over and. Now she coached the Exeter and obviously we beat them at the weekend, so I still can't make eye contact with her. But yeah, it was pretty cool to end up playing with her knowing that when I was a kid, I used to watch watch her play for England. It was madness. I remember being 10 years old and the Waikato Chiefs came to, to Rotorua where I grew up and I met, you know, the queue for Jonah Lomu was ridiculous. And there's an, um, so Jonah played on one wing and on the other wing was Bruce Rehana. 
and Bruce Rhiannon was the captain of the Saints uh, when I signed. And then I took over the captaincy from him. I'm like, uh, Bruce, uh, I've got a ball signed by you from when I was 10 years old. I couldn't believe it. It was, it was so weird. What's, uh, your mum and auntie both played. Yeah. Am I right in saying that your mum kind of said that she could have made it or cracked it if she yeah, wasn't pregnant? Got pregnant, yeah. Idiot. It wasn't you, <laughs> it's not was my it? Fault, is it? Yeah, it was. Um, it was you. It was Fox. Yeah, no, it was. It was me. She was just a bit of a nutter. Yeah, a bit of a nutty flanker. Just ran around and hit things. Um, I think she did like the academy or national academy or something. It was like getting her foot in the door, sort of thing. And then I just slam that shut so but auntie auntie got a couple of caps for england at tight head i think it was uncle played in 97 i think it was for england and uh, yeah so he was a hooker what kills me off is that when you start playing they put you in the centers did they not realize you were destined to be front row well apparently not can you actually so your auntie's name that played for england was jane everett jane everett and your uncle that played hooker for england greg bottoman that's very impressive it's I mean, does your mum feel a little bit left out on Sunday dinner? Like we're never sat around the table or family <laughs> no, I occasions. I think she's all right. I think she's all right. But yeah, no, uncle was a very good player. I think he's in the hundred club for for Saris as well. Dad used to play, but he he always used to tell me that he had more talent than my, than my uncle, but he didn't have the, the same work ethic, which is why I think he probably he was so hard on me when I was younger. And obviously, as anyone would, I rebelled against that and did nothing. So, I feel like I'm getting yeah, parenting no. advice right now because I've got a daughter yeah. who um she she wants to play rugby most days with me. But her okay. idea, her concept yeah. of rugby is not rugby as we know it. It's just running into me. So for 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 both of you, you had kind of strong women around you. Had rugby women around you. Would you say that was the key influence on you guys playing rugby? Yeah, I mean, my, I was constantly around a down a rugby club either on the Saturday watching dad or Sunday watching mum. And like, that was like my environment. Like I did, that's, if anyone asked me about my childhood, I'd say it was a, uh, it was a, like a grassroots rugby club on both days of the, both days of the weekend. Or like being in the tunnel at the end. I used to love that. I used to absolutely love that with my dad being in the tunnel at the end. You obviously get a lot of families that are like football families or the cricket families or, but yeah, my family's just rugby, like through and through cousins played, like everyone played. So I think, I didn't really have much of a choice. I was just like, off you pop at four, like off, go play with the under sevens. I'll be back in an hour sort of thing. I'll be having a pint in the, in the club and I'll come get you in a sec. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I'd say fa- like family's obviously why I played it, I'd say. And Poppy, for, for you, how important do you think it was for you and, and your career? I was just sporty everything. And I think I went towards more rugby. So like my parents didn't play or anything like that, but I went to more towards rugby just because it suited like me my personality and I was like the best of it so you know when you kind of are good at something or and you're enjoying it you know you, you kind of go back and stick around don't you so um yeah me and my sister started since we were six and just just never gave up every weekend we were at rugby and, and just it was became an obsession really at the end of the day didn't it until you know we were 18 and then went off to uni and then made our own decisions and carried on playing it's something that I just wouldn't change ever like Everyone always goes, don't they? Oh, if there was another sport that you could do, what would be it? I'd always just be rugby because, you know, everything gets given me as well. I'll play golf. You play, play golf? I'll play golf. Because <laughs> it's always sunny and the money's good. Always sunny, money's good. Don't need to do much physical exercise. That sounds and you're a bit of a, ideal to me. You're a bit of a fashionista as well. So you could like yeah. do something yeah. with all your yeah, like, caps. I'd, I'd and... have some pretty cool outfits, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, golf golf sure. needs a shake up in that department. Uh, Poppy, you, you're obviously a 
really passionate about being a positive role model for, for women and, and young girls. What changes would you like to see in terms of professional rugby and, and its landscape and just women's sport in, in general? So just more visibility, you know, when I'm, if I'm on my social media and I'm scrolling around, you know, and I'm looking at um, people's sites. So for example, if I was giving an example right now, O2 are doing something so incredible. Whenever they feature um, a picture of a, a men rugby player, an England men's rugby player, there's always a women's rugby player next. And you don't realise or recognise that, you know, when um, certain brands are just using men's rugby players because they get the most likes or they're just using men's rugby players because um, they go more viral and stuff. It just damages the women's game. It, it doesn't give us that visibility and it doesn't give young girls and um, female rugby players to see people of their gender also succeeding at the sport they're playing in and, and doing well and, and something to aspire to. And it's just shutting us down and not helping, you know, the female game and, and female athletes get to places where we can go, you know, if you compare us to the women's football, we're five years behind the football. We've got to catch up. And I think you can see where the, the football's just gone with a seven million pound TV deal. Imagine where we could go. And we just need that that visibility and, and that support to get there. You're right. O2 are doing a fantastic job. So for you, the key thing would be visibility. Yeah. More people uh, are just ignorant. They don't realise they're doing it when when they're promoting a brand and they just think, okay, this gets me twenty thousand likes, this gets me two thousand likes, what should I do? But Five years ago, the men's rugby player would have got 2,000 likes as well. You know, they came to they came from a place exactly where we are right now, but just more people plugged them and got behind them. And I think the same happens to us. And in five years' time, we could be the one getting 20,000 likes and, and selling your rugby boot for you. But people don't, um, they're just ignorant to it right now. Well, I think the, the best thing is, is, is like what Bot said, if at 15, 16, even at 12, 13 years old, if you knew that you could go and be a professional rugby player at 18, like... Bots, you, you, your words, you would have done things differently. Definitely. Is there anything with the landscape now that you could add or change or, or influence? What what would it be? For me, the, the main thing for me is we as female rugby players understand that there's, that we're not necessarily going to get the same amount of pay or money as the men do because yes. it, it, in the way of the world, it, they, they make the money. So like, obviously that's how that works, but they make the money because of the support and like Poppy said, the visibility they have and the amount of people that can see them can come to games, the amount of groundbreaking like equipment, like I said, like the recovery, like all the recovery they get, like they're able to be at the top of their game because of the support they get in that way. And I think I saw a quote the other day. That's like, we're not looking for, I think it was Abby Dow that said it. And I saw it and it was like, we're not looking for equal pay or anything like that. We're looking for like equal opportunities, if that makes sense. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's huge that now, like we are like, we're more visible than we've ever been, but there's like, there's so like, so much further to go. And if there's a, there's a, there's a girl at 16 that like me has gone, has gone to a, a rugby college and could go one of two ways. She knows that she's got an opportunity to be a full-time athlete and that can be, that can be her job. She puts everything into that because that's where she wants to be. She knows that it's a thing. Whereas for me, if you had asked me at 16, name five England women's rugby players, I wouldn't have been able to. And maybe that's ignorance on my part, not not looking. But like, I'm involved in that. Like, how, how why would I not know that sort of thing? Do you know what I mean? So, and I, like I said, I didn't know. So instead of me sticking my head down and going and doing that, I went the opposite way and took a di- completely different path that could have really detrimentally like taken me way off course and I wouldn't be sat in now. And I think there's so much talent, like even like in the men's game, like 
there's so much talent that's unearthed. Like they, they could be like your next Tom Curry down, down the, like down the local that just didn't get the, the right opportunity to, but the, the thing with the thing with Tom Curry is is right. He went to Arundel School with his brother, and I I know Tom well enough. But I read something the other day, like his dad was making him six hundred calorie kind of uh, healthy yeah. protein shakes at thirteen years old because he wanted to be an England rugby player. Him and his brother. So you know, it was almost like they saw a pathway, and that they followed that. And do you know, just one thing from me that I'd love to see is the, the pressure on the other unions. You know, for yeah, it's, it's, yeah, definitely. Again, it's it's all comes down to funding. But again, you're not asking for massive contracts, but equal opportunity in terms of equal resource. So yeah. with resource, strength training, tactical, technical kind of knowledge and coaching, like your product, your game is only going to get better, which will only grow the game. But you need Wales, Scotland, Ireland. You need those guys to come to the party and go professional as well. So it challenges you guys to be better, which drives the standard of the game up. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Right. I've been told to hurry up. We're going into a game because one of you is a complete yes, sport. Yes, we love a game. Well, no, it's, not, it's more of a quiz. Um, oh. Poppy, self-confessed sports. I nut. never said this, but said this. Can I just no, say before? You are I a self, you are... bum this quiz and get zero, but said it. You can both yeah, go. Yeah, let's go. Both, both. Come on, both. So now I get mugged off. Fantastic. No, no, well, it's multi-choice. Yep. So, yeah, uh, I did see an interview last year. Uh, and it said that you would love to be a contestant in a question of oh, sport. So yes. we wanted to see how good you really are. Hi, Mariah. Um, Let me just check my Alexa's working. Alexa, no. <laughs> no, come on now. <laughs> <We can keep laughs> um, are you ready? First question, number one. In what year did Italy join the men's Six Nations? Ridiculous. 1998, 2000, 2002. I'm going to go B. I was, go- I was going to go B. 2000. I was okay. going to go B. Hannah, you want you want B? Do you know? I don't want to copy her, so I'm going to go A. I'm going to go 98. Well, you've just lost that one because it was year 2000. You should have. I was literally going to go B. Well, you should have. Okay, so it's one now. Uh, question number two to you, Hannah. First, in Rio 2016, America finished top of the middle table, but who did Great Britain beat to second place? China, Russia, or Australia? I'm going to go Russia. Poppy? Um, I'm going to go A. Yeah. China. Between them two, isn't it? China. Poppy takes another point. That's very good. (laughs) Right, question three. Poppy, come to you first. Which team won the Ryder Cup in 2018? A, Europe. B, America. 2018. Okay. A, Europe. Bots, Europe or America? Europe. You are both correct. Europe. Yeah, thank you. Setting a golfer in you there, bots. You knew yeah, it. I knew that. I knew that one. Right, question four coming to you, bots. Uh, Ellen Jones is the most capped player for Wales, but who is the second most capped player for Wales? A. Githin Jenkins. B. Gareth Thomas. C. George North. Oh, I thought it was going, one of them was going to be Bomber, mate. I thought it was going to be you. <laughs> um, George North just hit 100. I don't know. If- I'm going to go C. I'm going to go George North. I'm really sh- strongly bad at stuff like this. Yeah. I'd go um, A, Geffen Jenkins. Well, you are correct. You win another point. Whatever. Geffen Jenkins. I, I don't know why I've got roped it. She was the one that wanted to go and question a sport and now I'm here looking like a mug. No, you're fine. Don't worry. You've got other skills. 
Question number five coming to you, bots. Uh, how many Olympic gold medals have cyclist couple Laura and Jason Kenny won between them? A lot. Eight, a lot, yeah. ten, or nine? Ten. Yeah. Poppy? I'd go I'd go B ten as well. You're both right. Well done. <laughs> Clever. There's a lot. Uh, right, six uh, coming to you, Poppy. You'll know all about sibling rivalry. But out of these other well-known sibling duos, who has the most combined caps for England? Mucko and Billy Vunapola or Ben and Tom Youngs? Oh, ball. I'm going to go the Youngs, B. Yeah, I'll go the Youngs as well. Yeah, the combined total of 137 compared to 128 Okay, so it's quite close. Um, I'm just going to ask one more. This is the tiebreaker question, but we'll just ask anyway because it's you know, pops you have actually cleaned up. Not that I was counting, but six two. So, yeah, let's tiebreak. Let's tiebreak. Uh, how many times has Tom Brady won the Super Bowl? Oh, Oh, come on, mate, we literally watched this. And I, I'm gonna go, he has won the Super Bowl four times, seven, four, seven, seven, seven. Seven. <laughs> we, need, we need another tiebreaker. We need another seven times. Can we not clip that up? Because that would make a really good audition for Question of Sport. I think they're really going to take me. Poppy, would you genuinely go on if you could? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Oh my God, get her and Bryony on separate teams. Get Bryony on one team and Poppy on the other. And that'll be the best Question of Sport that's ever been. Thank you so much, girls. Uh, good luck for the tournament. Yeah, see you soon. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks girls. Thanks, Dylan. Bye. Bye now. Radio, and just like that, another podcast comes to an end. Really awesome to meet Pops and Bots, and I cannot wait to see the Red Roses get out there on Saturday the 3rd of April for their first game against Scotland. Don't forget to head over to the BBC to watch the game live. And before you go, drop us a quick review and follow the podcast wherever you're listening so you don't miss out on any of the good stuff we've got coming up. Join me next Tuesday for another trip into the England camp. Stay safe, and I'll catch you then.